You're listening to Get Real KC with Jen and Eric. Kansas City's consumer-facing real estate podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Get Real KC, where we are overflowing with a passion for all things real estate. I'm Eric Jurgensen. I'm Jen Justice. And today in studio with us, as always for today's dream episode, we have the lovely and talented... Stevie Molsoff. Hey, Stevie. Thanks for joining us once again. So I love doing these because we all get to kind of get catch up and find out what's going on in our own sort of spheres that we don't necessarily talk about in detail, and then also kind of what's going on uh, in in the market, right, current trends. So um, this episode, which gets published on uh, December 1st, just a few days away, so... Excellent. So let, let's start out. Stevie, I know you've got some really big news that we were talking about a little bit before we started. So yes. what's new in your real estate world? Uh, my husband and I are now proud owners of a lovely Airbnb. That's yeah, that's so cool. I, I, I don't know that that's I've exciting. shared with the listeners, but, you know, I've been looking into that. So I, yes. uh, I can't wait to see what your experience is. But you had a regular rental that you had done a long term rental on. Yes. So it was we bought it. Just as a regular rental home, the guy signed a year lease. He ended up um, cutting his lease short and moving out. And it is winter. It's a hard time to find rental clients. So we decided to give it a go with the Airbnb. And so far, it has taken off like crazy. It's very exciting. So hopefully it will be successful for us and so, we can so make what it work. So what part of town is that in? Um, it's, it's a Kansas city address. It's in between Kansas city and Parkville over uh, close to Zona Rosa. Not too far from Zona Rosa. And how big, how big is it? It is three bedrooms, one bathroom, but there's four beds. Okay. So, so sleeps, I don't know, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven ish, maybe. Yep. And, uh, and then, uh, what, what, uh, what's your peak rental? What's the highest rental rate you have? Um, it's at about 160 right now. 160 Um, a night. That's not bad. It's on Airbnb and VRBO. It, the address is 7301 Northwest 73rd Street if anybody wants to check it out. It's yeah. a beautiful little house, and it's a great place to stay, kind of close to everything, close to the airport, close to, you well, know. we got to see pictures how you decorated it. I'm curious it's, how you decorated it. It looks better than my house. <laughs> oh! Well, you know, I, I think that I think listeners might be interested in like, hey, you know, if I were going to do a rental or something, which I know we don't focus in on investment properties, but also just you don't tend to look at those things in your own hometown. So what is that going for? So a three bedroom, mm-hmm. one bath, um, you know, uh, which is a really great location for the airport and Zona and, um, and and really, to be honest, not too bad for downtown, et cetera. And you said you've already had people who are booking for Chiefs games. Yes. Lots of Chiefs games, clients, lots of uh, people in town for business, all the convention centers up by the airport, probably. Um, I mean, I don't even know. I, I, I can I, I don't think you can get into a d- decent hotel for under 100 a quarter anymore. Mm-hmm. Oh, and none of them up by the airport, probably. I bet you those Marriott's and so forth are probably $200 a night these days. So to have your own space and to have your television, own refrigerator. your refrigerator, kitchen and refrigerator. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And you have internet there? We do. We have Wi-Fi. We have all the kitchen appliances, kitchen uh, whatever. Things. Utensils, implements. <laughs> yes, utensils. That's implements of destruction. Of. This is super fun. Yeah, it's a big deal in Branson, too, down by where we have the the lake property. So yeah. some of them allow it, some of them don't, but it's really a cool concept. And, you know, I've been looking uh, I've been looking for doing a little kind of a, a very small kind of uh, um, a studio, but like for, 
really focused in on people in town to do like a little romantic getaway kind of thing. So I've been looking for a property to do that with. Mm-hmm. Like Smithville is where I've been looking because I really love what they've done with their downtown. And it's a far enough away for people feel like they're going somewhere. But yeah, but yeah I mean, so it, it's really cool. And so anyway, just something to, to share with the listeners. And that's awesome. Congratulations. And I'm so Thank excited you. that you're having success, too. So that's fantastic. Yeah. Sounds like it's going to be really fun. I'm excited. Jen, what's going on in your world? I know you've had... uh, We've had some sales. So the uh, big home that we had listed, the 40 acres up in the Kearney area, has brand new owners from the coast moved on to uh, 40 acres. East or west? Um, They were on the east coast. So from the east coast? From the east coast, moved to good old Kearney, Missouri, 40 acres. So they are very excited about that. New construction home that's been... Oh, in process for a long time. It's been moved from September end, October end, and we're finally going to get to close at the end of November. So that has been a long Yay. time coming. We had some folks move into town from, they were from a college town. I believe they were from Warrensburg. And we looked and looked and looked, and this market's pretty tricky, and they did not like the instability of the market when they started this project back in April because they didn't feel like making that quick decision and god love them they had the option to build a home and wait and stay in our rental property in the meantime and they're finally getting ready to close on a home near liberty they're very excited she loves how she did the fireplace and they feel like this is just perfect so i'm glad it's all working out i'm glad we were able to let them stay in the rental longer it usually works out that way that we can be really flexible with people and give them those options and new construction and Looking for one more 1031 property myself, so I need to identify one by December 3rd. So this if, is coming out on the 1st. If anybody's got a house, they want to sell. <laughs> right. So what is chop, chop. If you want to rent back from me, I'll be happy to do that for you. There you go. Um, what a 1031 is for people who don't know, just a real rough, I'll get it somewhat inaccurate, but I'll get it correct, which is... Uh, when you own rental properties and you any want... type of property, actually, it's an investment property. Any investment could be property. land. Yeah, Paula, could I be land investment. Yeah, uh, and, and that you end up wanting to sell it, but you want to buy another investment property. So you want to shift either you know, your focus, your size, whatever it is. Um, Location. If you, if you do it within a certain time frame, you don't have you don't get double taxed on it, and so we, that's called a ten. Uh, it's actually one hundred percent tax deferred. That's what I so mean. So yeah. it is a tax deferred uh, sale and purchase. And you're responsible for those taxes when you sell and don't repurchase something at some point in time. Right. So but you, it's a way to do ultimately that. Ultimately, through the chain, you're only uh-huh. responsible for taxes once, which is really how it should be. But you have a limit. You have a, a specific amount of time to get something under contract. And Correct. So you're looking 45 for 45 days to identify, 180 days to close right now. The government's um, changed that a little bit through COVID and such, but it's back to its regular requirements now, which is a 45-day identification period and 180-day closing timeline. So. I have a question, and it might help some of the listeners, too. <laughs> Say you inherit a property and go to sell it. Do you have to pay the capital gains on it? The capital gains. Mm, great question for a CPA, honestly, because okay. all the property I've ever inherited is not sold. Yeah. So I'm not really sure what the answer to or that what question about, is. What about if you just sell your own house and you're like, oh, I'm going to Well, if you lived in your own house— then you can do it every couple of years that that is uh, tax exempt. I think it's so if is it you, three now? Three now. Three. Yeah, that was the compromise. Yeah. But if you live in the home, 
we are not accountants yeah. or tax professionals. <laughs> Co- yes, no. correct. We are not that. But if you live in your home, it's a, a primary residence. Every three years, you can move tax free. Well, up to some ridiculous, some some significant uh, amount. It's it like eight hundred thousand. I thought it was even. I thought it was over well over a million. I now. don't think it is anymore. When they did some of the tax reform, yeah. that was changed. Yeah. And honestly, if I had my presentation slides, which I apologize, I don't <laughs> Sorry. have my presentation. Didn't know we were going here. I sideswiped yeah, you guys there with that I, question. <laughs> I actually have all of this data, so if you. Call me and ask for this data. I can dig it up. So I apologize. I don't have it off the tip of my tongue. Well, I don't know. No worries. We may have to ban you from the rest of the podcast. Oh, Lord. You don't have it all. How dare you? Oh, Lord. (laughs) So I've got a neat thing, uh, a couple of cool things going on, but one in particular that we've just finished up actually a couple of days ago from the recording of this. Um, I worked with some first-time home buyers, which is not necessarily unusual, but I mean, it's just, it it was the epitome of... um, helping some really great, um, in this case, younger people get their first home. But the thing I want to bring up, and I've told them this to their face, and I've <coughs> told this to their family to their face, which is they had uh, family members uh, going, uh, various family members, uh, a mother, father, a sister, um, et cetera, coming on various showings. And so when we did the final walkthrough the day before we closed, um, mom, dad, and sister were there. And I, I have to tell you <laughs> – they were the most supportive, positive Aww. human beings I have ever met in a transaction, around a transaction in my life. I love that. I That's do, powerful. I, do, I told them, yeah. I, I told them, I said, I want to hire you to be the family for all of my clients. <laughs> be the yeah. hype. hired family. Yeah. You, know, you can be the hype man in the family. background. Right. Well, I mean, there's there's like people who hire um, and, and not, you know, escorty stuff, but there's people who hire people to go to events with them and stuff like for business and whatever. Yeah. And or you hire travel companions like I have a, in Europe. I have a cousin who does that for a living. What? Uh, yeah, that's really cool. But um, like somebody who's older that doesn't want to travel alone, but still wants to travel. Huh. So, yeah. Uh, but anyway. That's sweet. So I said, we're going to do a hire a family and they're going to be their family. But, <laughs> but I, one of the takeaways for everybody here, if you're listening or if you know somebody who's in them is, is obviously, you know, give the critical advice that they might be looking for if you have a particular expertise in home buying or you know, you know a little bit more about air conditioners that they do or whatever it is. But uh, just being positive and supportive to this young couple who they're great people uh, just to be actually they're going to be on the podcast. So uh, our next podcast uh, on December 15th is with uh, uh, the 2021 KCRAR president, Tony Conant. It's going to be a great podcast. You guys should listen to it. But then our January 1st podcast, right, Sierra and Julian are going to come and they're going to tell us about their experiences. So pretty excited about it. But anyway, be, be supportive. Fun. Be supportive if you're not in the transaction. Um, it's, it's just made their experience, and to be honest, my experience, so much better. Well, we talk about how moving in and of itself is stressful, whether you're in a renting or a buying situation. And then couple that with making the financial investment one of the largest decisions that you're ever going to make. It really helps when people have that positive outlook. And truly, you can see the positive in anything, and we all see what we choose to see, right? So it's fantastic that you had the opportunity to work with those energetic, positive people that have such a great outlook on things and choose to see the positive, because really an attitude like that just makes for a better experience all the way around. So, and I was teaching goal setting for, or actually business planning 
uh, for Kansas City Regional Association of Realtors last Friday. And I was so lucky to have about 90 people in the class that were just, and it was actually a virtual class, but the comments um, and the interactive little uh, word graphs that I was having them make just to see all of the amazing things that are coming out. We're right around Thanksgiving, so I feel like maybe people just have that extra piece of gratitude right now, which is so helpful and so positive when we just need that in the world right now. I, I absolutely agree. And uh, it's funny, I, I work on, um, I think maybe I'm a cynic by nature. So I work on every day trying, trying to bring that uh, not only to my clients, but you know to my family as well. Uh, you mentioned something in that, that you were doing some teaching. And of course, you teach for KCRAR a lot. Um, I also have had the honor to be able to do some teaching. Uh, and it's a really important, uh, which was teaching to youth. So uh, the mm -hmm. Northland CAPS program, which is the Career for Advanced Professional Studies, which draws students from multiple Northland schools, uh, they get involved in internships and projects. And so we actually uh, worked with two groups to do projects this first semester. And then uh, I got to teach the It's Your Move program, which was put on, uh, was created by the Missouri Realtors Association. And so I got to teach that to a couple of different classes of kids. And it was absolutely fantastic. It's so important, the education piece. It's why we do the podcast, right, which is, is to try to get the information out there. It's not an easy process. It's not a quick process, uh, but a good realtor um, helps you and makes it easy for you. And, um, and you should be able to get all the information you want, and you should go in eyes wide open all the time. And so that's, that's just such a critical piece. And anytime we, any of it, any of the three of us have an opportunity to teach, um, we just love it because... I was honored too. Eric asked me to come in uh, to do the investing portion and tell the kids a little bit about that. And I was truly impressed by the knowledge level of the kids, juniors and seniors. And they really, truly had um, a passion, it seemed like almost, for learning about real estate in some facets. So it was really refreshing as somebody that's in their umpteenth year of real estate, 20 plus years, right, to have those younger um, kids interested in something. And I also learned through um, Shannon C. She's one of the uh, North Kansas City bridging. I can't remember the name of that program, Eric, but she's helping right. those juniors and seniors. Um, and actually, they're doing a whole yeah, program the, the, for the high school The school kids. district's doing this massive program they rolled out to freshmen. Uh, which will be kind of going through the years over the next four years, which encompasses some of the stuff that CAPS does. So they'll be doing some blend. And so we're hopefully all of us are going to get an opportunity to work with them. But what I found yeah. most yeah. interesting that Shannon shared last Thursday in our leadership class, real estate is number two on the requested um, careers of the students that are involved in these kind of higher education pieces, if you will, because it's it's not an internship yet. There's some possibilities for some internships, but basically the students are saying, I want more knowledge about this particular field. And right now, real estate's number two on that list. So what, that's what just did, super enlightening to what, me. What did we get beaten out by? What's, uh, what's number one? What was it? I don't remember. Oh, no. Oh, I'll have to ask Shannon. I I'll have to ask Shannon. Honestly, that's an awesome thing to teach kids about anyways, because that's something you never right. learn. Like, everybody eventually buys a house. At least most people do. And yeah, no, most. it's 50-50 right now, Steve. Well, of ownership. But in, in terms life, of owning in a house at some point, I would be interested to know what that is. But surely it's Me well too. over 50%. But that's one thing. You, they never teach you that in school. It's like... 
Learning well, we are trying to change text. that, Stevie. It should be well yes. if we it's not. We are definitely trying to change that because really, guys, this is one of the big reasons I'm involved in RPAC, which for those of you listening, you may have heard it before, but it's the Realtor Political Action Committee. And I really believe that through the foundation of home ownership, we change the trajectory of this country because real estate votes to better communities, more stable communities, more stable environments for people. And I just think it changes the trajectory of this community because everybody has the opportunity and we're here to help you with that opportunity. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Hey, let's uh, let's shift a little bit. Let's talk about what's going on in the market. So I was mm-hmm. just uh, I'm looking here on some of the um, sales price information. So the NAR, this will be national. And I think Jen's got some regional I got some local stuff. And then we've got uh, the latest, greatest article from Realtor Magazine to chat about. Right. But what's really interesting about this particular one I'm looking at, which talks about the um, the percent change in sales by price category. And so you would think that um, with, uh, <laughs> you would you would think with uh, a, a big push of new home buyers in the market that the lower priced homes, there would be a higher percentage of sales. However, that's counteracted with the fact that home prices are rising. So interestingly enough, home sales are down year over year from last year in the under 500,000 category. And then they're way up in the over 500,000 category. And I think the reason for that, or at least one of the major reasons, is is the increase in pricing. I mean, we've seen, I, I, I think nationwide, it's been in the last two years, we've seen the average home price go up 25,000 plus, maybe more. I think we're at a 24% increase in 18 months or something. Well, I mean, just just to give you, uh, that's a national perspective, as you said, but just in Clay County, um, our average sales price from October of 2020 was 261,000 round numbers. And in in 2021, it's 290,000. So that's a $29,000 jump. That is an 11% increase in, year over year in one year and that's in, in clay year. and that's not the biggest jump in the kansas city area right i know that kansas city uh <coughs> itself has a bigger, bigger percentage jump oh no covid put a mask on oh gosh get, get <laughs> the allergies are strong in this area right now too we have got the craziest weather if you are if you have cats we're out in a barn with cats wandering around we're not in a barn but we do have cats wandering around so just kidding oh. I love cats. What else you got, Jen? (laughs) So that was in Clay County. Uh, Average sales price in Platte County last year was $338,000. Rose to, wait, $338,000 to $366,000. And when we're looking at an inventory perspective, it would be just like you think. Inventory is still decreasing, and days on the market is still decreasing. Uh, last year, this time, we were looking at uh, just over 40 days on the market, and right now we are looking at about 27 days on the market. So we're just continuing to see that trend, although I personally am seeing things um, start to cool off just a smidge. Now, we could just be returning to that cyclical market. We've talked about that before, and this time of year, most people aren't buying homes. Uh, same reason they aren't renting homes. They simply don't want to move during the cold winter months. Who does, right? And we are subject to that in this area. So it's cooled off and, you know, we're in full effect fall. Winter is coming. Batten down the hatches, hibernation, all the things, right? <laughs> well, so we, it's interesting. We, we talked about that. Let me uh, just 
cap off those stats because those were playing in Clat, and I know that all of us do a, a fair amount of business um, uh, up north. But we all do we do business all around the city. I'm working in Blue Springs right now, so let me give the general stats just so you don't think we cherry picked something. So in Kansas City, the average sales price uh, up from last year, just in one year, over 10%, is 310479 hours, so 310.5. And that's, uh, that's the whole metro area now. Um, the, uh, a couple of interesting, you mentioned that days in the market are still really tight. They're down 31%. So they're down a third again from last year when they were way down. The average of days on the market is like 22 days. That's yeah. ridiculously short. Um, and we've, we've measured, we've talked about, and this will be the last one I toss out, but we've talked about month's supply before. And so what that means is, is, is given the current uh, speed of sales, uh, if no new houses came on the market, when would we run out of houses to sell? And generally, three is considered kind of a flat number, neither a buyer's nor seller's market. And we haven't been at three, we've been below three for years. But up until this this last crunch of the last year and a half, that's been two seven, two five, two six. We're currently at one point one, so wow. still a very very tight seller's market. Mm -hmm. um, but you're right. I also am seeing that, which we didn't see last year, which is the seasonal shifts. And I actually am working with two clients right now that are 100% taking advantage of it. They're like, we understand that houses are more expensive now than they were five years ago. We understand that we're gonna pay more, but we just we don't wanna be in the dogfight. So yeah. um, what we're gonna do is we're gonna wait until the market is slow. We won't have as many opportunities, but maybe we'll actually go back to be able to see the house a second time before having to put an offer Holy down moly. or something like that. So. <laughs> Uh, some houses still go really, really quick, but in, anyway, yeah, we're definitely seeing that. Let's be sure that nobody thinks that the market is going to dip. Right? Yeah, it is slowing. There is there. All the economists have continually said, and so far they've been a hundred percent right that there is no indication that we're going to have an adjustment down, because of course the things that are driving the market today are completely different than what happened in 2008 that well, created we still the problems. got really great interest rates for buyers sellers are still able to sell with multiple offers my comparison is that well in the spring of uh, earlier this year we might have had 15 offers on a property um, just had a property this last weekend I believe at the three hundred and fifty thousand ish dollar price point and there were four offers on that property but how many offers does it take to sell a property all one. Oh, yeah. And, One and, offer. And so, so sellers are still in a great position. And honestly, for the buyers, I think a lot of them have just got to a point where they're like, I'm not going to keep paying these ridiculous prices. Um, the the amount over list price on this particular one, I believe, was ten thousand dollars. In earlier in the year, I had seen forty, fifty, sixty thousand dollars over list price, and you're just not seeing that anymore. The average is actually under list price. So the average in Kansas City right now is is ninety nine point six really close to list price, but it's not over. And um, I, I think traditionally people who haven't been in the housing market for a while are used to sort of like, oh, well, that's, you know, that asking price is their initial offer. And then we're going to come down underneath it. And how far underneath do we offer, right? It's, it's sort of how people traditionally think about negotiating home prices. And so obviously we've seen the, the flip of that and we do see it leveling out some. You were telling me about, before we started talking, Jen, this really uh, interesting article that just came out like yesterday. 
Yes. Tell and us this about is that. Uh, Realtor Magazine actually just came out with the article, and it's about the size of new single-family homes getting bigger. So we had Will, uh, president of the HBA, Home Builders Association, yeah, on Reuter. just a, a short while ago. And Will made a very interesting and truthful point that all of us probably acknowledge, but he said it so um, wonderfully that home became everything this last year. It became your school, your office, your place of worship, your restaurant, you name it, your home was it, right? Because we were all kind of stow up in our homes. And so due to that uh, experience that we went through, homes are getting bigger and the average increase is 6.2%. So previous to the pandemic, um, the average square footage was uh, about 2,300 and post-pandemic here or coming out of still, we're going to be closer to 2,600 and it's 2,541 is the exact data on what is coming out. So in general, people are leaning towards that trend of more space still, bigger homes, um, whether that addition is a home office, an extra bedroom because they procreated during the pandemic, whatever it was, <laughs> right? Hey, wh- you, got, we're you still- had to do something. Right? People yeah. were bored, right? Uh, oh, so God. We're going to have all these COVID babies running around here. Uh, I'm sure we already are. So. What are we going to do? Right. Yeah, right? So it's just one of those um, trends that they expect to see continue, and they accept, uh, expect that shift in consumer preference to continue for more space. And we're going to see bigger homes for people, and hopefully we get more homes, right? Because we are still in that shortage period. Yeah, no, I, I, I think, and, and we should point out that that's not necessarily an easy number to move. 6%, you're like, ah, that doesn't, oh, that's, a, I mean, new home construction only accounts for so many homes. And when you think, oh, new home, you just build them bigger. Um, so that, that needle isn't the quickest and easiest thing to move. And so that's moving not only with new home construction, but with renovations and additions and that kind of stuff to move that big that quickly. It's got also seeing a surge in homeowners that are looking to rearrange their floor plans, do complete kitchen tear outs and remodels and change the rooms to make more room for increased activity within the home. Sure. I mean, if you if you think about it now, if you've been in a home for a while and it's an older home and um, you have an option of uh, this is a big issue we've seen with boomers about the prices of new homes and new homes construction. So even trying to downsize their house payments become more than the large home. that So they're doing things there. We're seeing a little bit. I don't have any statistics on this, but I think colloquially or anecdotally, I'm seeing a little bit more of multi-generational homes. Yes. Which I think is a I think is a wonderful thing. But um, so anyway, yeah, I mean, it's a trend and we are we did learn we had to learn how to do a lot more in the home. And although with some things opening back up, I'm a little I think like a lot of risk averse people, I'm a little bit worried about the holiday season. But nonetheless, we've got a lot of things opening up. Manufacturing is opening up again. So I think we're seeing this surge in spending, I think, from a. From a retail perspective, I think it's going to be a great Christmas because we've kind of been pent up and we've been saving money and all of that. Um, but I think ultimately a lot of, again, very anecdotal, but a lot of the people I interact with, they're not necessarily going back to doing as many things away from the home. They found ways to do it and they found that they enjoy it. Well, and I'll tell you another thing that I experienced. So I just got back from the National Association of Realtors in San Diego. They went back to having their annual conference in person this year and it was in San Diego. 
But I'll tell you that I repeatedly heard how tired people were or um, just a feeling of not quite normal yet, right? And I think truly in talking to a lot of people, we're just not quite used to that level of activity again yet. It's the law of inertia, right? Things that are not in motion, they're not in motion, right? They stop. So when we stop things, how hard is it to get them started again? And I think our bodies as a rule, we're very used to all of these things we were doing. Our brains were encompassed in it. We were wrapped around it and we were very used to doing it that way. And it didn't feel odd or different or anything else. But did we all stop for a couple of weeks at least, maybe longer than that? Some people, months, whatever it was, we have people that weren't doing all of those things. So we all came together and we had these crazy schedules and quite frankly, it was exhausting because we're not oh. used to it anymore, right? We're just- I don't think we're different than anybody else, right? When we, when, when, when we were forced to stop, then we took a look and we went, hang on a minute, is this really the way I wanna live? And we could talk about compare American society to a lot of other societies and how ridiculous number of hours we work and how there is no separation between work and home life. And, you know, I mean, I, I can tell you all my years in corporate America, the bleed over was, was horrible. And so, um, I, I, and we see that, we see that in the labor shortage, we see it in the strength of, of employees in terms of employee demands and employee compensation, even without unions and then with the unions also. So, I mean, we're just, we're just seeing that as a trend and that's kind of where, hey, if you're going to just put the brakes on and not lead such a hectic life sort of society at a societal level, you're going to spend more time in your home. And so you're going to invest more in it. Yeah, it, it was super interesting to see that. And and quite frankly, I think we all need to slow down a little bit after having the experience. I love all of the things, but having those jam-packed, crazy schedules like that is just like, whoa, this is a little overwhelming where it didn't used to feel that way. So, well, so I kind of... I kind of liked when we were quarantined. <laughs> kinda, yeah. I didn't like when we were quarantined, but I could do with a little more of a balance, especially after yeah. this last experience. Because honestly, I hadn't taken, I, I hadn't had the time to debrief that and think about that. But sure. in talking to so many people, when you're hustling, bustling through the airport to get to the event, to get to the gala, to get up the next morning to start the meetings at seven o'clock and go basically hard the next night till 11 o'clock or midnight and you've experienced a time change and everything else like that, you're just like, whoa, how are we doing this? We <laughs> did this all the time. Right, we did yeah. this so much and there was nothing to it, but now it's just a little more challenging. Yeah, yeah no, I... I, Which creates opportunity, by the way. Challenges create opportunities. I'm a firm <laughs> believer in that. However, this particular one is going to require a little more unpacking, I think. Well, you know, if you've ever spent time with somebody who's like retired and doesn't pack their life with um, volunteer work or whatever, and they'll talk about their day, and because uh, I've experienced this with my mother, mm -hmm. right? And she, she'll, she'll talk about her day, and she's like, oh, "I'm so busy. I've got to, uh, I've got a doctor's appointment, and I have to go to the grocery store today. It's just, I'm going to be wiped out, you know." And <laughs> and, and and I used to look at that, and I used to think, "I do that, and you know, that that's a, a an eighth of my day." But we, that's this is the whole point is we did that to so some of us got to slow down. Most yeah. of us did. My in-laws are retired. And they uh, will babysit my three boys for an hour and be like, oh, I'm so exhausted. Yeah, I don't yeah. know. Like, so, you had an hour. So I didn't know how I feel. <laughs> but from, from our perspective and from your perspective uh, who's listening, that then I'll make sure you go, okay, if, I'm, if I, I don't want this hectic pace in my life, 
what am I going to do with my free time? And depending on what your budget is and what you like, it might be I'm going to travel a little bit more. It might be, a, hey, I'm going to cook a little bit more. I'm going to work in the garden a little bit more. Maybe I'm just going to couch potato it a little bit more. And then you realize, well, I'd like these walls to look a little bit nicer if I'm going to spend more time here. I would like my kitchen to be a little bit bigger. I want a gas stove. I want whatever it is. And so we see that that focus and maybe that contemplation on living in a house a little bit stronger. And, and of course, that makes sense based on where we're at. Mm-hmm. So. Okay, well, we're running out of time. Anybody got any crazy stories of anything they've seen? Any Because we usually do a crazy thing, not necessarily with our dream. I did have dream, some, but... somebody that uh, came to look at one of the acreage properties and was going to build a compound on it, and they had several family members that came together to try and put all these houses on this particular parcel. That's, oh, I love it. That's kind of different, right? I, love I don't. It, yeah. It's not really crazy, but uh, sounds cool to me. Gets me back to my <laughs> gets me back to my hippie roots. You Let's talked do a about compact. the multi generational families coming yeah. coming back into play and living in the same house, and that's actually not necessarily the same house, but on the same that's yeah, the same, same postage even stamp, better. right? So yeah. yeah, it was pretty interesting. So I've had that happen in the last since the last today's dream. I have nothing cool. The VRBO is pretty cool. Nothing. Yeah, it is. Well, you also had a crazy clothes scenario, so. Yeah, it took two weeks longer than it should have. We had an appraiser that had a, I don't know what happened to his schedule to begin with. It sounded like his schedule was crazy. And then somebody passed away. His His mother mother passed passed away. That's what you said. So in addition to already being overloaded and overworked, that just threw a complete and total, it was a terrible situation, but he just could not get it done. And thank the Lord we had people that were so good and so cooperative and we didn't have sellers that were dependent on this domino to fall because honestly two weeks could cost somebody a home that was the best worst deal ever (laughs) the best worst deal ever i love it Woo! i had uh you know every once in a while i'd I try not to do it on the air, but, you know, we all gripe about maybe the lack of communication from another agent or whatnot. I have to tell you, the last two deals, I've had agents that have been fantastic, absolutely fantastic and reasonable and everything. We are out there. Find us. We will come help you. But, um, okay, uh, that's it for today's dream here on December 1st, 2021. You have an awesome – hopefully you had an awesome Thanksgiving uh, and I then, won't be back. So Merry Christmas, everybody. Happy yeah. holidays. Well, Merry Christmas, right? Happy Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, whatever it is you celebrate. I hope you do it with joy. Just be and merry and jolly, forever. friends. Jo- I can do jolly. I love jolly. That's yes. right. Holly and jolly. All right. Until next time. You have been listening to Get Real KC with Eric Jurgensen and Jen Justice. For more information or to contact our hosts, visit us at dreamhomesbygen.com, where you can find more episodes exploring real estate as it matters to you.